0: Welcome to the Curiosity Key Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Wyman, and I'm a B2B business development strategist specializing in helping companies leverage the power of LinkedIn to grow their business. Now, there are many incredible companies, products and services out there that offer genuine solutions that are really making a difference. But the challenge is that not enough people or not enough of the right people actually know about them. It's the bigger brands and the inferior solutions that are winning all of the business because they're better known and have a bigger market presence. Now, my guest this week is Lena Gothberg of The Shipping Podcast, who shares my passion for helping people elevate their brand and get their voice out there. Both of us have had many conversations over the last few years about the amazing things that are happening specifically in the shipping industry. And I spent just under a year working in shipping. We both want to help companies elevate their status to win more business that you don't necessarily need huge marketing budgets, sales teams, or large backings. And Lena has been running her podcast, The Shipping Podcast, since 2015, and has just hit over 110 episodes nearly 50% of which are female guests. Now, I'm really pleased to bring you this interview with Elena because she is a wonderful human being that's really trying to get more diversity and inclusion into the shipping industry, and also talk more about the incredible things that are happening that not very many people, or rather not enough people actually know about. So yes, we are talking about tech, but this week we're talking about podcasting. And this week we're talking about different ways that you can actually break the mold, step outside of your comfort zone, and actually start elevating your status in the market, actually spreading the word about what it is that you're doing and the many benefits that you can gain in doing that. So enough waffling from me, let's get stuck into this week's interview and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do and welcome to this episode of the Curiosity Key podcast, where I'm joined with Lena Gothberg from The Shipping Podcast. Welcome, Lena. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you, Charlie. I'm honored to be one of your
0: guests. Now, Lena is no newbie to the podcasting world, as she has The Shipping Podcast, which has got n- now over 110 episodes. Um, and was it 2013 or 2015 that you started it? i 2015.
1: In the summer of 2015, I started my Shipping Podcast.
0: So tell me what prompted you to start the Shipping Podcast.
1: Well, basically, that's a long story, but, but uh, I had the task to reunite uh, an organization. And they told me to try and uh, new, uh, to make the brand more popular and attract more members and so on. But they didn't give me any marketing budget. So I decided to try and understand all about social media and online communication because my my time was paid. So I paid a lot of intent, I paid a lot of attention to conferences where people hanged out who who were interested in online communication. And there someone started to talk about podcasting. And I immediately thought, well, podcasting, that's storytelling. That must be something for the maritime industry. I started to think about and say to everyone, someone should start a podcast about shipping because there is so much to talk about when it comes to shipping and the maritime industry. And after having said that for a year, someone told me, are you going to talk about it or are you going to do it? So that meant that I started to investigate how to do this and what was the best way to do it and so on. And I signed up for an online course from the United States called Podcasting School for Women, because in the United States, um, most podcasters are men. And if if there are any women who are podcasting, they are usually talking about more soft values, but not business. So that is why two of my now mentors started Podcasting School for Women and I signed up. It was me and 19
0: women from the United States. Wow. And now we've got two female podcasters talking about podcasting. I am so happy about that. I love it because I met you. um, So I used to work in the shipping industry, but I was new to the shipping industry when I joined, and um, I met uh, Lena as part of the um, Wister Women in Shipping um, Networking Group because I wanted to get to know more sort of women in leadership roles in the shipping industry. And um, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do with Wister?
1: Well. I have been a member of Vista, which is the Women's International Shipping and Trading Association, for almost 20 years. So I was born there. No, but, but I have been a member for a very long time. And I used to be the president of Vista in Sweden because I'm based in Sweden, in Gothenburg, a um, long time ago. And last year I was asked to set up the virtual offices of Vista International because now we are 45 countries with 3,000 members, so we need to get hold of the processes and, and websites and, and whatever to try and promote the brand of Vista, and that is what I do
0: partly. And that was one of the things that I loved about you was your energy and real sort of passion and drive to raise the profile, not only of the industry, but also of women in the industry. Because, uh, you know, especially when I was uh, working there, um, women in leadership roles, especially in shipping, wasn't commonplace. Um, So it was great to see um, people and individuals like yourself that were pioneering that and and promoting it further. And it was great to see as well that you've got... uh, 50 out of your 110 podcasting guests are women as well.
1: Yes. I set up a goal for myself when I started. I'm the lazy type. So I started to think, uh, how do I start this podcast? And decided to have the same five questions to everyone. And for myself, I set the goal to have 50% female guests. I didn't really believe in it myself at that time. But I'm close now. And uh, it's like forty-seven percent or something like that. And uh, I think it's great because I've given, first of all, the shipping industry a platform to speak about the exciting things that we are doing in the maritime industry. But also for the women, I've given them a platform to speak up. And and whenever I meet a new interviewee, someone who is a little bit nervous, maybe who hasn't been on a behind a microphone before, I always tell them that just relax. We are going to do this. I want you to be a sea star, a star of the sea. And and then they sort of relax and think it's great. And I get so much good feedback from people saying, wow, it's interesting to listen to all these
0: women. They got something to say. It's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Very strange. And do you find that the, uh, so not just the women, but do you find most people approach you to be a guest on your podcast or do you have to go out and find them? Uh that took two years. So you, uh, in two years' time, you will
1: uh, also experience that people are approaching you. No, they will, that will probably happen before that, Charlie, because you are a little bit different than I am and in a di- working in a different industry. But yeah, it took me two years uh, before uh, their marketing people started to approach me. They wanted to uh, pitch their CEOs or someone else uh, to be on my podcast. And, um, well, as long as uh, I am in charge, I'm deciding
0: if uh, they are going to be guests or not. I love it. So they have to get past your, are you interesting enough to be on my podcast filter? (laughs) Yes. I love it. So just going back on to uh shipping and the maritime industry. Now there is a difference between shipping and maritime, isn't there? Uh because we were having a chat about uh some of the misconceptions in the industry and the fact that people get the two confused. So can you tell us a little bit more about that from your point of view? Yeah,
1: that is uh, it could be how long is a shoestring in a way. <laughs> But shipping, I would say, is uh, the ship and the ships and the ship owners and what's close to the actual boat, ship. And the maritime industry is a little bit wider because that also includes ports and and all of the other things that is happening uh, to get that goods on a keel somewhere.
0: Absolutely. And it is, as you said, it's an absolutely fascinating industry because I was only really part of it for about a year. Um, I came in as a complete newbie, never been involved in the shipping industry, uh, apart from working in logistics, doing the actual shipping myself. Um, But it, um, it really opened my eyes because up until then I never knew what was actually going on I think I just thought you know it's just ships moving uh, goods and cargo from one place to another or people going on cruises and doing things Um, so why is it important to you uh, to raise the profile of the industry?
1: Just because of what you just said (laughs) no one knows about us we are the Cinderella no one knows about us but we are doing so much heavy lifting and everyday life. I mean, whatever you see around you, whatever you eat, it's probably at one point being on a keel, on a ship. Because I mean, in Sweden, we don't grow wine, for instance, but we drink the wine. So we <laughs> have to get it here. Uh, whatever you see around you, what is produced in your own um, neighborhood is not much. It's more coming from other parts of the world. And for instance, I live in Sweden. We got the longest coast in the EU. And we are heavily a country which exports a lot, a lot of paper and timber and all of that. And we couldn't do that without the shipping industry. Also, if you think about, for instance, heating, or whatever energy there is, uh, 60% of everything that is actually um, goods that is transported is energy in one form or another. It's, it's oil, it's coal, it's gas. So, so far we haven't reached that far with the sun and wind, uh, but uh, every other kind of energy is transported on a ship.
0: And shipping is actually a more sustainable form of transport anyway. You know, everybody focuses on shipping goods via air, which is a a bit of a weird way of talking about things, isn't it? You know, you're shipping a parcel via air to somebody else. It doesn't actually touch the sea, Um, which I always thought was a really interesting way that people um, talk about shipping. Um, But yeah, no, so shipping via the sea is a much more sustainable form of transport than using air. Uh, And I think a lot of people don't necessarily consider that, do they?
1: And less expensive because it's very expensive to send goods via airplane compared to a ship.
0: Yeah. For sure um and it's that kind of like time versus quality versus cost and things like that isn't it so yeah, yeah, yeah. Very um, complicated. Very
1: complicated. <laughs> there are experts on logistics and, and uh, how to be the most efficient when it comes to transport
0: i'm not one of them <laughs> i do have to say i think like my um maths and engineering side of me gets a bit geeky when they start looking at you know the comparisons and statistics around it and then i have to kind of stop myself getting lost in in all of that going oh that's really really interesting <laughs>
1: Yeah, and there are so many new things coming into the maritime industry. And I get so excited because I see that the new things that is coming in is brought in by young women. For instance, blockchain, all of that is coming into our industry. 3D printing, how will that affect our industry? Um, And autonomous ships. I mean, we're talking about autonomous cars, but uh, there is also a, a discussion going on when it comes to autonomous ships. And there are a lot of women in there.
0: And um, that makes me happy. And I try to interview them all. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think it is that um, like draws women into those sorts of technologies? Do you, do you have any thoughts on I that? Think,
1: I think there is some change when it comes to uh, young women studying for, you know, for engineer and, and mathematics. It's not enough. We should have more. Um, But there are so many, I mean, you start from scratch if you enter into the maritime industry and you can make a career because there's not a lot of people who knows what you're talking about and uh, you don't have that much competition. (laughs) So in a way, young women who are engineers should definitely enter the maritime industry.
0: Definitely. Um, I would, if you have anybody to recommend uh, to come on this podcast and talk about autonomous ships, then I would absolutely love to uh, to interview them. Because uh, yeah, autonomous vehicles, autonomous ships is something I'm quite interested in, um, especially from a sustainability side of things, because I know that the company that I worked with, for um, in the past, it was all about reducing the amount of sulfur that was entered into the air, which I know is kind of a, you know, it's a bit of a boring topic, isn't it? But it's so important when looking at, at climate change. Um, and I
1: got the perfect candidate for you, I promise you.
0: Ah, wonderful.
1: And, and also I live in Gothenburg and that is the head office of Volvo. So we have a lot of discussions and I attend a lot of seminars when it comes to autonomous cars and they are testing in this city. It's interesting.
0: Oh, brilliant! I love it. I think yeah, because I used to um, be involved in laser scanning technologies, um, not so much in autonomous cars, but I was always looking at that industry, wondering why could I, how could I apply what I was doing to that industry, um, just from an interest point of view, because I find it absolutely fascinating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do attend a lot of seminars uh, uh, when it comes to digitalization and the fourth industry revolution, and all of that what comes with it that what is happening on land because that will also happen. At sea, at one point, and that is why I'm so interested and so
0: into that. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think the the shipping industry is lagging behind any other particular industry? I don't know. Yeah,
1: maybe. I mean, the ships it's always cutting edge uh, engineering, and it has always been because of you know where the interest is and and the but digitalization. We haven't reached that far, but uh, name an industry that has, yeah, uh, newspapers and, and uh, maybe the record industry, <laughs> I don't know. But but we are a little bit behind, but I think also maybe we are thinking about it before we take action.
0: Yeah. And I think it's good to think about things and assess what's going on. And I, I think that's why I've always loved conferences and seminars, uh, because then you can have those important conversations and see what's going on. Mm. Um, and I think there, was, there were so many conferences and seminars in the shipping industry. It's kind of hard to keep up to date with uh, what's going on and, and when. Um, so how important do you think it is to be attending these seminars?
1: well i
0: think you should from time to time but maybe not all of them and how do, do you have any tips on um how people should be selective as to what seminars uh, they should attend because i can imagine that our listeners would benefit from this because this is the same in any industry really isn't it depends on what you want to achieve i think so are you there
1: to learn yourself or are you there to meet people or are you there to do something else So you have to make up your own mind before you decide where to go. Um, Also, I mean, podcasting, I think, is maybe a competitor to the seminars, because if you can listen whenever you want, instead of attending a seminar when they are offering in time and place, then, yeah, so we are competing.
0: (laughs) I know. I think I've always wondered why more conferences and seminars aren't recorded and made available as podcasts after the event. Um, I'm kind of hoping that at some point that that will be the case because uh, there's a lot of you know, digital courses and digital recordings and things like that, but not necessarily podcasting. So, But
1: I think it's a difference because uh, you can have a live podcast. Like we do now, we have a conversation and people will be able to see it and they will be able to understand it. But I have listened to recordings from seminars when people are presenting from a PowerPoint and it's so hard to understand what they're talking about because they're sort of pointing to the PowerPoint and they are referring to the PowerPoint and you can't see it. So you don't really understand. And they can try and explain
0: a pie chart, and you can't understand that. <laughs> so it's a little bit different. Oh, you know what? I actually think that if presenters um, knew that they uh, their, their talk was going to be a podcast afterwards, that would actually um, encourage them to move away from using detailed slides and detailed PowerPoints. Um, I've sat through so many... Um, talks at seminars and conferences and uh, it's incredible how many people still just have slides full of information and then just talk everybody through what's on screen and you can see the crowd have just got no engagement at all with it.
1: I totally agree. And also, you could see all the people who are sitting there reading their emails. They could be in their offices reading their emails
0: and <laughs> I know you just think it's a crying shame, don't you? You just like, why have you come all of this way to this conference to not speak to the people around you, to not pay attention to who's presenting? Um, and yeah, again, I think that's why I like podcasts as well because you can, you know, you've you've got the attention of the people that are listening, um, and they're not, you know, well, you hope that they're not on the phone and, and trying to do other things at the same time.
1: It's totally different, and, and I think coming through your ears hits your heart and your brain in another way, in a different way than it yeah. does when you are watching something and so on.
0: But just to i think uh recover what you said there because there are two really really good tips for our listeners there which is you know if you're going to a conference or a seminar or you're looking at events to go to really you know spend that time and understand what do you want to gain from it you know what are your objectives from going uh, i see so many people going to conferences and events and just kind of making it up as they go along or just going to see what happens yeah they're an incredible networking opportunity aren't they you know i think uh, well we had a chat uh, virtually and then we met at, was it Nor Shipping in Oslo? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, so it's like have an objective go and seek people out and, and find them and have real face to face conversations with them because it's really, really important. Um, And then another tip, if you are presenting at a conference or doing any kind of presenting, don't fall into that trap of putting all of your information on the slides and then just boring your audience to tears, um, because you're just going to lose their engagement and lose their energy and enthusiasm for coming to speak to you in the first place.
1: Could we give some tips to the organisers as well? Yeah. (laughs) Well, please don't have any manals, that is, all male panels. But uh, make sure that you include at least one or maybe two or three or four women on your panels.
0: I think that's the same that, you know, it's not just in the shipping industry. You know, I used to have to spent a long period of time in the mining industry. And that was exactly the same, if not, dare I say it worse. Um, so for any event organizers or anybody that's influencing event organizers, what tips would you give them based on your own experiences, uh, getting podcast interviewees um, to actually feature these women um, and get, you know, interesting, relevant um, and high-profile people on the panels?
1: Well, that's the usual excuse is there are no women. Well, I have now proven them wrong by presenting at least 50 women and I am not finished yet. Um, and what we have decided at the international level, we have decided to make a a list of women who are specialists in different areas and present that to the organizers because it shouldn't be an excuse to say we we can't find them or they said no, all of them. So that's another tip for people who are listening in here. Don't say no, say yes to things and just take a chance and see what happens. Because what would be the worst thing that could happen to you? (laughs)
0: That's amazing advice. And it's something that I I say a lot, you know, it's just, you know, take a chance because what is the worst that could happen? Um, And also, you know, if you feel uncomfortable um, speaking in front of large audiences or if you feel uncomfortable being on a podcast interview, just, you know, the only way that you're going to start feeling comfortable is to just do it. Um, Get involved. Uh, I know I, I had my first speaking opportunity in front of 700 people last year and I have never been so nervous in my life life <laughs> but I knew that unless I put myself in that situation I was never going to conquer that fear and I was never going to um do it anyway so my advice in that uh, when you're
1: in that situation is that no one else knows what you're going to, t- to say but you mm-hmm. so you are the only one who knows if you forgot something
0: absolutely absolutely and it's um you know be confident with your own abilities and in your own voice uh because nobody knows what um what you do and somebody gave me some great advice which was that the feeling of a fear is if you tell yourself that instead of being afraid you're actually excited the actual feeling is the same but you just interpret it in slightly different ways so like you know the feeling of nerves and anxiety um so if you tell yourself i'm not afraid i'm not anxious i'm excited then you can really re- reframe that in your mind and, uh, and it helps set you up for, for putting yourself out there.
1: That's great advice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know I was like attribute that to my friend who was really really supportive before my presentation because I was pacing the whole getting really stressed out like going oh my days what happens if you know what happens if this and she just said to me she was like well what happens if it goes down really well and what happens if you know you have a great time and everybody loves it so it's um, it was a it was a good good experience and I, I tell this to a lot of people now and it um, I, I get told that it's helpful as well. <laughs> Um, But what what you said before as well about being confident in your own knowledge, um, that is an interesting one because I always um, suggest to a lot of B2B companies, um, you know, especially in the uh, shipping industry and any technical industry, is that um, you find that everybody has this curse of knowledge where they have all of this knowledge and understanding and they presume that their market and that everybody else knows what it is that they know. Um, And I've never found that that to be the case. Um, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I I think I have experienced that. And also, to cover it all up, they use the same, they they use a language no one understands. I hate abbreviations because who would know these abbreviations outside our own little bubble and circle? So I think it's important to at least once, say, say it out, all all the words, and then you can say, this is the abbreviation of that. Listen, I can't speak English anymore. <laughs> and then you can maybe use that lingo or the language. But that is also a barrier, I think, to exclude people, to use a language that no one understands. It's sort of a, a trade language or whatever you would call it.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, like in especially, you know, with shipping, with it being an international industry, is that, you know, you are targeting and interested in uh, having conversations with people that aren't, um, you know, speaking the same mother tongue as you. Uh, So it's important to communicate clearly and not overwhelm somebody with the kind of technical jargon and the technical uh, terminology that you're used to using, Um, I think it was a a marketing tip that I picked up years ago, which was to treat your audience like they have the uh, intelligence of an eight-year-old.
1: I would say four, but yeah, you're probably
0: (laughs) right. Maybe the four-year-olds in Sweden are a lot more intelligent. Um, But it's it's true. And I find that when I, uh, especially as my experience as a marketer was you know, as soon as I started to apply that to the way that I wrote emails, the way that I uh, wrote copy for websites, social media, you know, interviews, seminars, um, the, the easier you make it for people to understand, the more likely they are to remember what it is that you're saying and then take things away afterwards.
1: But it's so much harder to put things easy.
0: It is. And do you find that with your podcast interviewees? Do they um, automatically go in talking, uh, you know, in industry jargon and industry terminology? Or do you find that they're better prepared to speak in a way that more people would understand?
1: No, I think they're better prepared uh, to to speak in another language. Uh, Now and then I keep interrupting them and saying, oh, that is uh, an abbreviation for and, and then they say, yeah, yeah, mm. or I can say uh, maybe our audience who doesn't know that much about shipping uh, would benefit if you, uh, if you explained what you're talking about a little bit more or something like that. Um, but, you know, I interview any, any people <laughs> on that podcast. My last uh, guest, uh, he is working for a charity. He works for Mercy Ships and he is the national director in Sweden. He doesn't know much about shipping. He comes from Volvo and he's an IT expert from the start, but he has now taken on the responsibility to, to work for an international charity association. And we had a great time and, and I can see from the
0: statistics that
1: people like it.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think there's, there's so much any industry can learn from bringing in outside expertise for sure. Um so like what, how many people would you say that you've had on your podcast that have come from outside of the shipping industry
1: Not a lot maybe 80 20 I would say 20% non mariners or non shipping industry so I need to go out and find people who haven't have, an, have a, sort of a perspective from the outside into us but but, but my main point was when I started this shipping podcast I wanted people from outside to understand us (laughs) so in a way I am I am bringing the maritime industry out to the rest of the world because we have a tendency to just talk to each other and think we are all that we are all that but we need to tell everyone else that we are all that (laughs) so in a way I think that has been important for me to to show all the great people that I meet in this industry, to show them to the world. And and I think maybe I have succeeded a little bit. Um, it's downloaded in 165 countries now. Um, it, it's a niche podcast, so it's not that many. It's about 6,000 people every month that is downloading, but that's great for me. I thought I was going to have to force my brother to listen, <laughs> but I've got more people listening. But the most interesting thing is that when I look at the statistics, it's downloaded and listened to in the maritime hubs. So apparently other maritime people are listening in to the other maritime. We're listening to each other. Okay. <laughs> Which is interesting.
0: <laughs> I think that that was definitely my feeling when I was working in the shipping industry. It was a very closed community and a very tight-knit community. Um with yeah where everybody knew everybody else um although i really didn't think that that was unique um you know there's uh, having come from you know the surveying industry the mining industry uh, food there's a lot of um similarities in the behavior um around networking um, so how how are you going to go about that challenge of wanting to get more people outside of the industry listening um, and taking notice Uh, beyond what it is that you're doing at the moment
1: well I have a few guests on my target list that would be great we'll see what happens with that it's so far-fetched so I'm not quite sure that will happen but I think that I gain more more listeners by being out there in the real world myself to attend conferences and, and deliver speeches and talk about my podcast and and get other people to talk about it to people who doesn't really know about it. I get a lot of feedback from young people, from students in the shipping industry, and they have already taken the decision to start studying, but, but they write to me and they say, wow, now I understand that there is a whole world out there if I just study and finish my studies. I can take part of that. I can change my work if I want to because there's so many different occupations that you can have in the maritime industry.
0: It's a great tip that I think for anybody listening uh, that you know is is a young person that's a bit confused about what what to do with their career, where to start, um, you know, what companies to work with. Uh, yeah, go go to um, podcasts and learn about the industries and find out what interests you and what makes you more curious. And you know, try and find out more. Uh, you know, use LinkedIn to connect with these people that are being interviewed and talking enthusiastically about what it is that they're doing um if, and, yeah it's, that, that's a great piece of advice to
1: reach the top lists of the podcasting industry but I'm not quite sure about that there are too many algorithms that is uh, <laughs> that that is dependent on so I'm not sure about that
0: always trying to beat the algorithm um, so why um just like I know we've talked about it a little bit but like kind of like why is it so important to you um, personally to get the message out about the shipping industry and what are your goals around doing it
1: i think i work in the most interesting industry there is it's a, it's international and it's about it's about big values. It's about things that is moving around and you never meet a dull person in the maritime industry. There is only personalities. They might be big or small, boring or interesting, but there are always personalities. So that is, I mean, I've been working in this industry for 25 years. I've been working uh, with marine insurance. I've been insuring ships and um, I've been working with business intelligence, and there are so many things that is influencing this industry. I mean, it's like steel prices, employment rates, um, macroeconomics, everything there is, is very important for this industry. And that, I think, makes it so interesting. And then I know so many great people, and I wanted the world to listen to them because they got the best and most interesting jobs. And I'd never heard about them. So why not present them to the world? That is what I wanted to do.
0: And I love that about you because I think that's a very... Uh, that's why I wanted to interview interview you on this podcast, because it's pretty much where I'm at. Like, I've worked across so many different industries and met so many wonderful human beings that are doing, uh, you know, amazing things, they're innovating, they're creating change, um, they're, you know, doing things that nobody is aware of. Uh, and I just wanted to start this podcast to give people a voice to sort of share more about what it is that they're doing. And, you know, try and attract a wider audience for people that might be interested to find out more. So in terms of your podcast, the shipping podcast, like how do, um, how do people find out more? And um, you know, what would you say is the uh, you know, if you could give three reasons why somebody should listen to the shipping podcast, what would they be?
1: Because I'm interviewing interesting people with passion for their jobs and what they do. I have done, I have a website, shippingpodcast.com. I have made the largest play button there is because there are so many analog people in my industry, they don't know how to listen to a podcast. So I have put up a website with a big play button. So if they can't do anything else, they can go to shippingpodcast.com sit down and press play that is probably what they can but I have also put up instructions on how to download things if you have an Android phone or if you have an iOS phone so there are different ways how you can reach that but also I'm on Spotify Woo-hoo! I'm on Spotify <laughs> so Spotify is the platform that is good for both Android and iPhone so that is not a problem Then, if you go into spotify you can search for shipping podcast and uh, there you find me
0: and are there any particular interviews or episodes that you would recommend that somebody start with that you think would be um, a great place to start or just something that you think you know if you're only going to listen to one episode let that be it
1: i think you should listen to episode 35 with kate d adamson the blue futurist When I met Kate and interviewed her, that changed my mindset on how I was going to proceed with the shipping podcast. I'm not saying that the 34 ones before the 35th one is bad, but the 35, she's talking about the new mindset we need to have for the Industry Revolution 4.0. I would also like you to listen to my very first the, the sound quality isn't that good. But it's with the captain of the container vessel, Mars McKinney Muller, when she was on her virgin trip from Asia to Gothenburg, actually. And he gave me a tour of the big contain- the world's largest container ship at that time. And he's such a great guy. And if you want to listen to something about autonomous ships and who I will recommend you to interview, it's Pia Meling. Cannot remember the number of that, but if you if you just search for Pia P I A, you will
0: find her. I will definitely do that. And for anybody listening that's driving, moving around, thinking I am not able to write any of this down, but I'm interested, um, just head over to uh, my website, which is charliewyman.com forward slash podcast. And all of the show notes and links that we're talking about here will be included. So you've got easy access to all of this. Um, And so Have you, um, I just wanted to, you know, we talked a lot about podcasting and also, you know, helping people in the industry have a voice. Have you got any advice to anybody listening that might be interested in starting their own industry-specific podcast?
1: Yes, if they are women, they should actually become members of She Podcasts, like She Podcasts, Mm -hmm. where my mentors are actually very active. And they are Elsie Escobar and Jessica Kutselman. They are so great. And there is so much free stuff, stuffed in there. If you just go to the Facebook group, She Podcasts, and look for units. There are so many free things there, how to set up a podcast and so on. But I would say, start by thinking about your audience. Who is your audience? And what do you want to say to them? What do you want them to know about you? And so what is your why? That is the most important thing. The technical stuff you can always pick up. And um, instead of planning for too long, just start. Everyone says that you will always hate the first ten ones. <laughs> afterwards, anyhow, so just start to so that you reach the eleventh one and feel comfortable and feel like, yeah, this is what I've done. I think the hard thing is to continue podcasting. It's not to start. That's not any that's not hard the hard thing is to continue and and also to be consistent i think once you have i mean i have a loyal tribe of listeners now and i have sort of i have made them get used to that there every other friday there is a new episode of the shipping podcast so i need to deliver and it's up to me so if i if i were thinking that oh I don't have that time maybe you should do it once a month but do it on a day where you tell your listeners this is the day that you had to listen or you can download it maybe you don't have the time to listen at that time but that is when you are releasing
0: so um there is so much great advice in what you've just said there um one thing I do want to pick up on which is that you know Really understand who is your audience and what do you want to say to them. And that does not just apply to podcasting either. That applies to marketing, writing emails, sales, business developments, business leadership, like everything. Um, and I, you know, I would add one thing into that is like, you know, who who is your audience? What do you want to say to them? And also just bear in mind what they're interested in. Two, because somewhere in the middle between what you want to say and what they're interested in, that's the kind of like the sweet spot and the kind of the the real sort of juicy bit that's going to engage uh, and get them involved in the first place. And then exactly what you just said about that consistency side of things. Um, I went into uh, this podcast because you're actually my uh, ninth episode. Um, So I'm not quite at 10 yet. Um, I'm absolutely loving doing it so far. And um, I've had some great feedback on the podcast um, at the moment. But yeah, my plan is to uh, be consistent, to um, do a weekly interview. And it is true that getting started is the easy bit. It's continuing and building on that momentum Um, um, but it's, you know, I think a lot of people get into that kind of perfectionism paralysis where, you know, it's like, and, and I find myself doing that as well. Cause I've, I, sp- I, talked about doing this podcast for over a year. Um, and somebody said to me, it's just like, well, what's actually stopping you? And it was, it was me. It was only me that was stopping me doing it uh, because I wanted to figure out a way of making it perfect and right. And I was just like, you know what, unless I get it going now, I'll never get it going <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're welcome to the club. I also thought about it for a year. And that was far too long, I think. I yeah. could have started this earlier. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's
0: a great way to expand your network as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely.
1: I get so many doors opening for me now. And when I, my tip is that when I, when I interview someone, I ask them, who do you want to listen to? Who would you want to listen to? And then they give me a tip. And then after the interview, they usually say, oh, I can I can fix that up for you. I was like, oh, my God,
0: thank you. <laughs> Set it up for you as well. So that brings me nicely onto my next question, which is if you could interview anybody in the world for your podcast, who would that be?
1: Sir Richard Branson.
0: Really? Sir Richard Branson. So if Sir Richard Branson is listening to this podcast right now, you can uh-huh. contact Lena.
1: <laughs> I would be happy to discuss with him. Uh, what he is thinking about because uh, he's started this Virgin Cruises. So he's getting into the maritime industry. Uh, I wouldn't say no to, um, what's his name, at Amazon, because everyone is asking me if I could make an interview
0: with him. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos.
1: <laughs> I don't think that will happen either. But um, yeah, I'll stick to Sir Richard Branson.
0: That is a great great tip. So just in terms of final remarks, um, just to confirm if anybody wants to get in touch with you and connect with you, ha- what is the best way of doing that?
1: Well, I am on social media. So my Twitter account is at Lena Gothberg, T-O-T-H-B-E-R-G, Or you can send an email to hello at shippingpodcast.com.
0: And I will include all of this information in the show notes. So you don't need to worry about noting that right down um, at the moment. Um, I've realised that I'm now like just rambling. Do you find that as well? At the end of your episodes, you just kind of forget how to speak.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I do that at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I don't use the the video. So I have uh, an easier time to edit.
0: I ah, yes, I do make my life, I, I like to make my life challenging. Um, but I think a lot of my audience have said that they like to watch interviews um, and not just listen to them. Um, and also, I personally, I like to interview people when I can see them uh, and see their reactions. I think for me, that, that helps me interview. So uh, I, think, I don't know, just felt like it was the right thing to do. <laughs>
1: well, I usually travel to see my guests. So I sit down with them. I try. Ah in a room. Um, Perfect.
0: Yes. That would have been challenging for us with you being in Sweden and me being in the UK. Well, I
1: was in the UK last week, so Ah, (laughs) you never know. But
0: it it. was
1: good talking to you anyhow.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to interview you. I could talk to you for ages about lots and lots of different topics. Um, But uh, yeah, thank you again. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you, Charlie, and best
0: of luck with your podcast and welcome to the Podos Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. When you're working on exciting projects in tech or trying to change the world, it's hard to focus on marketing and it might not seem like a big priority for you right now. Talking about what you're working on and the driving force behind why you're doing it will help you raise your profile in your industry and keep your audience up to date and interested. My goal for this podcast is to share the amazing things that businesses and individuals are working on that will shape the world of tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform and share it with the others that you think would benefit. If you liked it loads, then feel free to leave me a review. All the show notes and any links mentioned in today's episode will be available on my website. That's charliewyman.com forward slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time for now. Bye.